0: Good morning and welcome back to the FlowTrack podcast. It's Monday, August 31st. My name is Lincoln Shrike. He's Gordon Mack. Gordon, I turned 30 years old yesterday, so now everyone on the podcast is 30 and above. I feel like we uh, take on a new, either either we're out of touch now or the, the podcast is wiser. I can't decide which one it is, but in any case, I feel pretty old.
1: You feel old. Uh, well, wait yeah. till you turn wait till you turn thirty two. Then you'll feel two years older. That's what I'm at. Uh, that's that's I,
0: true. I will feel two years older.
1: I do feel like I feel old whenever I see new like TikTok trends or oh yeah, just little things on the internet that I don't understand, like vloggers and stuff like that, make me feel old. But other than that, it's pretty normal.
0: Yeah, I like to say I don't feel a day over twenty nine, but I'm. I'm currently at two days over twenty nine. It's a it's a pretty how bad dad joke. How What's long
1: up? did you write that joke? Were you were you waiting for that one? Were you waiting all twenty four hours I to write had that it. joke?
0: It didn't just come to me. It didn't just come to me uh right now. I, I, I had it going. I think like I said, I think the dad jokes increase. Even if you're not a dad, you just your bad jokes. You get over thirty, I think they they uh just come to you a little more naturally. All right. Um We did have some track and field over the weekend. And I say track and field, sometimes, you know, we'll talk just distance running or just sprinting or just action on the track, and we'll be like, there was some great track and field, and then we won't actually talk about field. (laughs) But there was some good field, and maybe we can start there. The Drake Relays, uh, I guess they're calling it the Drake Blue Oval Showcase. They couldn't give the full relays, probably because they didn't have any relays. Uh, but Ryan Krauser, the Olympic champion in 2016, the shot put, he had a really, really good outing, not only throwing 2272, which is like a top 15 or, or no, it's better than that. I don't know where it ranks all time, but 2272, it's the 12th best throw of all time, factoring in multiple people, you know, all the throws ever by, by anyone for Krauser. It's his second best throw ever. And, or no, no, I'm sorry. Fourth, that, that's incorrect. I'm fourth best throw. I'm this. This list here is is giving me fits. Regardless, he throws over 2260 on four of his six throws. 2272. Uh, this is pretty good for basically an off year for the shot put. What was your reaction to this outing from Ryan Krauser?
1: Yeah, I mean. Krauser, and you can even throw Kovacs in there, have really been a resurgence of the shot put uh, the past few years. Obviously, with Krauser winning the Olympic title in 16, and I think Kovacs won in 17. Um, and they've just been kind of the back and forth of kind of just outperforming each other. But when you look at Krauser now individually of his career, he has thrown far many times. He currently, he's thrown twenty two ninety one. 91 2290, 2274, 2272, 2267, 2265. I could go on and on. He has one, two, three, four, five, six of the top 16 throws ever, or by That's him. Pretty impressive. So 16 throws have been far, and he has six of them in the history, which is just yeah. wild. And it makes you think that we should get in his lifetime. A world record, right? If you're Oof. throwing this far this often and you have a fellow American who is right up there with you to push yourself, Randy Barnes' mark of 2312, which was thrown what 30 years ago now. I'm looking at the date 1990. Yes, this one was thrown. You gotta think that Krauser, whose PR is 2291, should be able to go 20 more centimeters. I know. Should be able to is a lot of to put on someone and say, Hey, you should, you should throw the world record, just do it right already. But with Kovacs in there as well, and R- Krauser just not losing a, a beat during this pandemic, uh, era, you got to think maybe, maybe it's next year, if not the year after, he maybe it's in Eugene, maybe it's 2022 20, in Eugene at Worlds, he throws a world record.
0: Here's the thing. Uh, One, to set the record straight, Kovacs didn't win the world title in 2017. He won in 15 and 19. Of course, last year, that in Doha. No, no, I just want to set the record straight. People are onto us. They want us to be factually (laughs) accurate. Uh, So Kovacs won last year. uh, and That seems, to be fair, that seems like that was three years ago now. So I can understand where you, you get that. Here's the problem. 23-12 is very far off. No one has even cracked 23 meters this century. In fact... I am, as we pointed out, I am now thirty years old. No one has thrown uh, over twenty-three meters since I have been alive. I have two children, a mortgage. I'm just, I'm getting an air conditioner put in right now. A lot of things have happened since anyone last has thrown over twenty-three <laughs> meters. If it's going to happen soon, it's going to be. It feels like. Um, it's it's going to be Ryan Krauser just because he consistently is the guy that's up there chucking high 22s like the most he's just consistently awesome now we know Kovacs can obviously throw further because he has I mean Technically, they both have a twenty-two ninety-one PB, but Kovacs got the win. I mean, Kovacs can get up there, but you talk about going from twenty-two nine, and you'd have to get a shot put expert, a throwing expert, to really hammer in on this. But twenty-three twelve to to twenty-two ninety-one—that's still a huge, huge gap. And there's a reason no one's thrown over twenty-two meters or over twenty-three meters. It's really, really hard thing to do. Um, I, I think if anyone's going to do it, though, it's going to it's going to be Krauser. It's not going to come this year. Yeah, you said in Eugene. Maybe he's amped up. He's from Oregon. It's a new stadium, whatnot. Uh, may, maybe we can see it. It's just a really really hard thing to do. And but even to throw twenty two seven is a difficult thing to do. And to throw twenty two six four times and above. I mean, that is just incredibly incredibly imp- impressive. And I I don't know if you know you can put the same standard of, of like rustiness as maybe like a sprinter or a distance runner that you would put on a shot putter. Um, But in a, in a year where, you know, there's not much going for him to still be in this type of shape is, is quite impressive. And it, I mean, he was already a, you know, a massive contender clearly to defend his Olympic title, but I think, I think you put him as the favorite right now.
1: Yeah. And, uh, he just loves throwing man I mean he's just mm-hmm. he's not a uh save it for one for one moment in a season for like your big throw he just kind of just like every time he's out there could be you know a top fifteen top 20 type performance, which is pretty impressive so it could be consistently on top of your a game year in and year out
0: yeah. So- yeah, so good to see him back out there at Drake. I know he's had some success thrown there in the past. Um, we'll hope to see to see more out of him. He's letting the locks grow, I'm seeing on Twitter. I haven't seen him in a bit since Indoors. I don't know if he's still rocking the cowboy hat, but he's let the locks go, and it's almost, you can almost call it mullet-esque. I, I just, I like the vibe that Ryan Krauser's going with right now. I'm hoping he's still continuing to have the, to... Uh, to have the cowboy hat, I wish he could throw in the cowboy hat, like compete with the cowboy hat, like Nike could possibly make him like his own signature cowboy hat. I would be all for that.
1: I do have a question, uh, yeah. looking deeper into the results at this meet. Uh, there also was a road mile championship on the men's and women's side.
0: I'm that not sure if you noticed. on the track it, yeah, it finished finish on the track yeah, I'm always track. a fan of those.
1: Uh looking at the results, Sinclair Johnson got 10th in the women's race. She ran 450. Mm-hmm. What do you think yeah. the reason was for that?
0: Uh that's a good question. I um I think the reason for that was that it's a pandemic and she may have been injured. I mean she didn't. It, who knows? I mean I'm not trying to make excuses for. Her. I have no way of knowing. You know, she has run 403, last week she ran the sunset tour, the first one, and ran, you know, not close to her personal best. She won the race, but it was clear, you know, she's either coming back or just is slow to to gaining fitness. She's just not where she needs, where you you would expect someone like her to be. That said, you know, we applaud all these people that are still in really good shape, and that's kind of who we're focusing on during this pandemic-affected year but there are going to be some people on the other side of the coin and maybe she's one of them that's just like it, the fitness just hasn't come this year maybe a lot of training disruptions who knows what it what it is um, but yeah she just doesn't have the fitness of 2019 at this point but I have no doubt in my mind that she she'll she'll get it back I mean talent just simply does not go away um, and I mean there were some good athletes in that one Emily Lapari is like very very good it seems like at at Road Miles, and she got the she got the W.
1: Yeah, I guess it is. It's just so weird to see someone finish like that far off. Uh, I mean, like you said, there are a group of people who aren't really going all out in 2020, you know, like someone like Matthew Sensowitz, not going yeah. all out in 2020. Uh, we haven't seen Isaiah Harris in the 800. He's been MIA, you know. There's just been, yeah. you know, Paul Chalimo hasn't really done anything. Has Paul Chalimo raced at all this year?
0: Not to my knowledge. I mean, maybe,
1: maybe he's going to hop into the second season of uh, diamond leagues. Maybe Could I don't be. know, but uh, yeah. So I guess it makes sense that not everyone's going to be doing what Donovan Brazier's is doing or what the Bowerman women did. Uh, but sometimes you just kind of like, hey, you were. Top of your game, not just a year ago, and now you're kind of not in the limelight. It's kind of drastic difference to kind of deal with.
0: Yeah, I think you, uh, to use a baseball term, it's a small sample regardless. Um, obviously, with athletes like Shelby Hulinghan and Chris Swiser, who have been there before, them running huge PBs, you think, oh man, they're going to be just really hard to beat in 2021 when it's an Olympic year. But I I, I don't think you can take the opposite approach necessarily with, with Sinclair Johnson and say, oh, wow, she's not been up to her normal standard through a couple races here. I, I guess she's like not gonna be competitive to make the Olympic team next year. I, I don't think you can say that. Um, who knows what exactly was going on, but you just kind of throw it out. And um, I think the important thing is she's racing period, maybe didn't have a good one, who knows. And, uh, just, she'll be hoping to get back into fitness and she's got time, you know, really the, <laughs> the next race that matters is the, the Olympic trials next summer. You've definitely got a while to go. So the people who are really, really fit right now or were fit have to hold on to that fitness and the people that aren't fit, well, they have some time. So it, it's, uh, both things are you know, not necessarily easy, right? If you had a great year, you're like, oh man, should I have waited? I wish I could have had this fitness in a year that really mattered. And if you're not having a, if you're having a bad year, you're like, well, at least it's not a, at least it's a throwaway year. It's a, it's a, it's a half empty, half full type of a situation, right? Yeah. So, um, go ahead. Oh, what are you going to say? Go for it. After you, man. Well, I was just going to transition. We had the sunset tour on our site, which was let me just say it. Very, very late oh, yeah. for, for me to stay up. I did watch all of it. I watched both 10Ks. I You know, I hadn't watched a 10K this year. And uh, it's just I, I didn't get the chance to fully appreciate watching 25 laps and seeing how how the race develops and how the, the, the screws are turned. And uh, I got to say I enjoyed it. I mean, it's kind of like the, monoton- the monotony of – the laps going by, not much changing, and then some people slowly creeping up, and then some people dying. It's, I, I just, I enjoy it. I enjoy watching a good 10K, and both races I thought were, were pretty good. If we start with the women, if I, when I wrote my preview, I did not even include Maggie Montoya, former Baylor runner, who I think is unsponsored. I thought, oh, you know, you got a former Boston Marathon champion in BISA, you've got Sharon Lichetti, NCAA champion. I thought, there's no way Maggie Montoya is going to be a factor. But credit to her, she ran a good race and got, uh, she ran 32-11, I believe, and uh, got under that Olympic trials qualifier, which a a few women did. I mean, Lichetti got second. She's not American, correct? She's not American.
1: No, she's not American.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, or not, I didn't, I don't mean to say cool, but you know, just making sure I got my facts straight. Um, <laughs> How dare you, Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, but the clutches performance, you could say, Natasha Rogers, she ran 32 24, which even if you run 32 25 something and you miss the standard, you're probably going to get in, right? I mean, especially coming off a year, they're going to fill the field and you're going to get in. But it's nice for somebody like Rogers obviously and Montoya to have that auto birth where you know for sure I'm gonna be at, at the trials and to just get under thirty two twenty five for somebody like Natasha Rogers. That that feels good. You don't want to run twenty five laps and miss it by a second. That would that's just brutal.
1: Her teammate did. Did you notice yes. that? Yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. But uh that's
1: yeah, that's tough. Uh speaking of uh not to to like Go back on what you just said about Sharon Luketti not being American. Everyone is talking about how Chesarek might get American citizenship now that he has an extra year to try to get it. And they are right. going to get married. So we could have a, a double dip of American citizenship coming soon. If Chez gets it and then they put the ring on it, boom. Oh then we'll, we'll see Sharon Locchetti at the U.S. trials maybe. I mean I don't and know. I, I'm, I'm, I, okay. I don't think – I don't think Sharon's represented Kenya yet. I mean, I don't think she's no. entered any like international race. And Yeah. So,
0: hey, it could happen, right? I'm sure they've probably thought about it or talked about it. Is this a is this a gossip podcast now? I didn't Are they engaged? Like are well, they, they sure they, that
1: They're engaged, okay. That's 100%. Yeah, it's been on Yeah, they've been engaged for a while now.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um,
1: cuz I was thinking if you're someone like Sharon Loketty who is like Obviously, NCAA champion, and you're able to finish well in these domestic run meets. But when it comes to like the Kenyan level of women's distance running, I think it would be a lot harder for her to.
0: Oh God! Yeah. Be
1: in the in the mix the way she can be in the mix with, you know, ten ks and five ks here in the states. So it would make sense that if there is a path to citizenship, and if her future husband is trying to become an American citizen, you could see her potentially, you know, getting citizenship. And then who knows, maybe eight years from now, she's gonna be the Sally Capiego of twenty twenty,
0: you know? She could uh Wow, make- you you just did a lot with that information. I have no <laughs> idea how that portion of citizen, citizenship works. You're you're willing to basically Interpret the law or the the way things work on on your own. I have no idea if you're correct. If well, isn't know, someone that how- can become natu- someone becomes naturalized and then their their spouse is automatically naturalized. I don't think that's how that works, but maybe well, you're right. Maybe if someone becomes naturalized and then you marry a
1: naturalized person, you become <laughs> a citizen.
0: Is if that you that marry how that an
1: American, you're a citizen. That's how it works. Got it. Right. Okay. I mean, that's how. Uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, Alphine oh, uh, okay. She married an American, and then that's how she got her citizenship.
0: So, okay. Okay. I'll, uh... Well, I already know which part of the podcast will be Kevin's favorite episode. He loves when we debate random <laughs> random things as such. So he'll love this part. Um, okay. Speaking of Cheserek, to no one's surprise, he won the ten thousand on Saturday night at the Sunset Tour. The same race. Same meet we were just talking about with the women's 10K, 27:42, and it looked really easy. You know, part of me, Gordon, is thinking, why didn't the guy just go for the Olympic standard? I know he doesn't know where he's going to be competing. You know, which country? Uh, you know, he's going to be trying to go for it to make the Olympic team. I mean, he's hoping the United States clearly, but he ran a very easy and controlled looking 27:42. And we know when Chez is hurting. He you know, he gets that, those arms flailing, and you know, he, just, he shows his pain pretty well. And he, he finished strong in like the last 200, and you know, he started to have those arm swings that we recognize as Chez is finally starting to feel the pace. But I don't know. He made 27.42 look so easy. I, I would have thought, why didn't you just try to run 20 seconds faster and hit the Olympic standard? Easier said than done, but I don't know if you had a chance to watch this race, but he, he looked entirely in control. No, yeah, I
1: watched. I watched both races. For the record, I stayed up late as well. One, uh, does getting the Olympic standard mean nothing though? Because we're not in the window.
0: Oh sh- I think I, you're right. My bad. I just I just showed my ass. Sorry. No, you're totally <laughs> right. I, I well, see. Here's a I get confused because the because World Athletics suspended that, and then and then USATF unsuspended their thing and yeah. so I know he's not American there's just a lot of things a lot of details going on you're right totally totally uh, totally uh, forgot about that it, it's weird though because like why would you I know there's not there's only so many 10Ks but like why would you why would you run one then if like you might as well wait for the the world athletics to you know quit the to end the moratorium on on Olympic standards but that's neither here nor there. Maybe he just wanted to run a 10,000 and figured this is my only chance. I, either way, it, he clearly could have run faster. Yeah. He looked very, very good. 10,000 appears to be a distance he can really, really excel at. Um, obviously, he's not, he's not uh, uh, guy. He's not running Skiprutu. He's not probably Lopez LeMond at this point. But this is a distance he can really, really be good at. Yeah. To say why
1: he would do this if there's no standard to get, I think he did it to, to like kind of just like jump in the water. Right. You just got to do one to under. You don't want your first 10K to be like a super stressful environment, like a, a yeah. big like Diamond League style type race where he's trying to run a super fast time with the top people in the world. Now he has this race where he has a win. He closed in 60 seconds. It was a sub 2745 performance. Now you yep. can go into the next one with like, all right, I know my baseline. I know that, hey, on a normal day, I'm running 2740s. So let's see if I go for it and try to run the sub-2720s, right, and see mm-hmm. how my body reacts to that. So I think it was more yeah. of a just getting your, your mind and body prepared for future 10Ks because uh, he has time, right? I mean, he'll run another 10K probably at Peyton Jordan, right? That might be a time to run it or – um, Maybe at Peri he'll run a ten K. Mm.
0: If they but have it, yeah.
1: I think running this ten K is not gonna take anything out of him six months from now. So I think that's why he was mm. it's willing to do it. One yeah, athlete though I was kinda uh, impressed was the guy who finished second. Uh we haven't yes. talked about him in a long time, but Jerma Machezo, who Oklahoma State runner, he's an American citizen, uh runs for American Distance Projects with trains with Chilimo and those guys. Twenty-seven forty-nine. Yes. We talk about the 10K team. Obviously, you have Lopez Lemong and Shadrach Kip Churcher. We also now need to throw in Lenny Correa because he didn't make the Olympic yeah. marathon team. So there are three solid guys there, but it's not like six deep, seven deep. I mean, is Jerma now all of a sudden a new player for grabbing that? third place spot behind Shadrach and Lopez?
0: Uh, No, I would still put career there. I mean, it's not like career had a bad race at the the marathon trials in his second career marathon. He got fourth. Uh, He's still a good 10,000 meter runner. Um, And I don't know, I guess you could, if it wasn't an Olympic year, you'd think, Oh, Career's just going to transition to the marathon and, you know, focus on that. But it it being an Olympic year, he's going to want to make an Olympic team. And he's still the guy, he's still the the third the third leg there, the the third uh athlete to to make the team. could could Gurma Machezzo make it? Sure, I mean, gosh, he was so good, so so good at Oklahoma State, and that feels like that has been forever ago. and I think it's because it's been I don't know seven, eight years ago that he was there. He kind of fell by the wayside, has taken some some time to get back to that level. and I think some of that is you know you got to gain citizenship to be kind of relevant um at the level that he's at gets that he was hanging with chesrek for a while now he didn't have anything when chesrek went to another gear but uh, you know he he probably helped ches go as fast as he did just by by being with him yes i was very impressed arguably just as impressed with with uh, germa's performance as i was with with ches's performance just because you didn't necessarily expect that out of him but yeah uh, we always talk about talent doesn't go away he was good very very good in college and it's um Surprising in the sense that we haven't really talked about him in quite a few years, but not surprising knowing how good he was in college. So he yes, he gets the trial standard. He is at the Olympic trials. And certainly a factor that said, as we know, he'll have to um uh in all likelihood run that Olympic tri I mean you you're you're more of the, the world athletics rankings guru than I am, but I mean he'll have to run the, the twenty seven twenty two. Am I am I wrong? Yeah, for him it's gonna be hard because
1: Yeah. Uh, 10K takes less. It only takes uh, like, I think 20 athletes or I could be wrong with that number but it's a smaller field than the rest mm-hmm. of the or 24. It takes 24 athletes. It's a smaller field. Um It's a hard standard so he'll, he's going to have to try to run 27-22 probably at Peyton is probably what they're going to do.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: do like a time trial. Hey, we got to get we got to get the, the mark. And it, I mean, he might be able to do it. I mean, he was able to run yeah. like like a metronome for the most part. And if, like, mm-hmm. he's just, like, cutting a second or a second and a half off of, like, the first, you know, off, off a bunch of laps, he should be able to get near that 27-22, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, if you look at their laps, they were really, really consistent. It was, I mean, it was paced by Sam Atkin through through 5,000. And, um, but really, the the quality pace job was... Chez and Machezo just keeping themselves on the on the same schedule. They were 66, 65 to 67, essentially the the entire race. save 169 and and, and 170. They they're just 65 66 over and over and over again and Machezo didn't didn't close well at all, but um you know, he had that trial standard in the bag and, and yeah, you've got quite a it is a good launching off point and you say, "Okay, I got to get 27 seconds faster." Good thing. It's not like a it's not like a normal year where you if you're trying to get the standard and you don't have it, you're going to run a 10K maybe at the Stanford invite. And you're like, okay I got to come back a month later and run it. The standard now at Peyton. No, it's not. It's not like that. You've you've got six, seven months or more. Uh, So it's, it's certainly attainable. But we know historically for Americans, 27, 22 is no is no easy mark so uh he 's got his work cut out for him, but it 's attainable uh, and then you' got to go of course go to the trials and beat somebody like lenny career so uh good good launching off point he 's now in the conversation to be an olympian um, and he you couldn 't have said that going into this weekend for sure so yeah uh
1: women 's uh fifteen hundred also went down uh Rebecca O'Mara won that was a kind of a surprise I mean everyone was thinking danny jones she 's like the the next big thing coming out of college, uh, she gets third yep. in the race. Uh, Rebecca Mera, former Stanford runner, wins it at 408. Yep. Carol Edwards, 409. Moving up in distance for Edwards. Danny Jones, what are your thoughts on her first few races coming out of college? You could argue well, it's been kind of underwhelming, but I think it's all because of the environment that she got put into, right? She wasn't mm-hmm. able to have her true. Senior year to have like that confidence boost, these wins. Uh, She kind of just gets thrown into time trials six months after she was ready to peak, right? Which was peaking for indoors in March, and then she wants these all these time trial type races. Uh, She hasn't been what we thought she would be yet, but maybe it's just she needs a mulligan of a season to be able before she gets into her what we think should be in the mix with the top
0: 5K and 1,500-meter runners? Sure. Um, first, got to say i got to eat, eat some crow. I, I picked Jones over Mayra, Rebecca Mayra, on Friday's show. Kevin picked Mayra. He text, made sure to text me right when Mayra kicked her down and won. <laughs> you know, he picked her. It was, it was a smart pick. Yeah, Jones has had some good races. I mean, she PR'd in the mile and the 1,500 in one fell swoop earlier this summer in Indiana. It's just these, these sunset to her races have not been great for her. Yeah, you you can chalk it up to the transition. Uh, you can't really call it disappointing. If I'm going to say Sinclair Johnson is, oh, who knows? It's a it's a lost year, and you know you you, you can't really take too much out of it. Well, you got to say the same thing as Jones. Uh, she's in a good training group, but she, she just left Mark Wetmore now to go to and Heather Burroughs, to go to a new training program with Joe Joe Boshard. So. I mean there's going to be some growing pains I'm sure as as you can associate. It's not like she's running like terribly. It's yes. just she she hasn't quite taken off um where you would expect someone of her you know, you look at her and you're like, well she was the best at Colorado and now all of a sudden she's training with Emma Coburn. She should be incrementally better, right? It doesn't always work like that. Um and yeah, she lost her lost her senior year on the track and and that that that's that's tough you know when you're expecting that and you're training for that and then you got to re-gear up and run a late summer season so I wouldn't read too much into it uh I think one thing though we we still don't know we don't really know what her distance is going to be going forward is it going to be 1500 or is it going to be 5000 both races in the U.S. are stacked right now she's not a favorite to make either team and that's fine I mean she's only 24 but uh you thought maybe with this season, you would learn what her distance was going to be going forward uh competing at the u s level and we we still we just we don 't know um, her p b s are four o five in the fifteen and fifteen seventeen in the five, which is from indoors, so those seem somewhat equal, maybe the four hundred five slightly better um but it doesn't, I don't think makes the decision any easier, right? It, uh, she's going to have a, a it's going to depend on how what she, how she runs at the start of 2021. I think what she does at, at the trial, she she does not have a clear distance of those two right now. So kind of a, kind of a tweener. Um, and we didn't learn anything new this season. I, I do want to go back to the, to the men's 10,000. And I, you you seemed eager to skip over it, but there's a lot to analyze there beyond just Chesrek and Michezo. Um, for one, I, I look at Connor Manson fourth twenty eight oh seven misses the trial standard, but this is a guy who would normally be getting ready for cross country. You have to imagine up until the season got wiped out a few weeks ago, he was still training ostensibly for cross country. What did you think of him? It's a sli- it's a it's like an eleven second PR. I am sure he was disappointed to miss the trial standard, but what do you think of a, a collegiate get out in there getting out there in August and running 20, 2807? What's the standard? What's the trial standard? 28 flat. 28 flat.
1: Yeah, I mean, he kind of ran in an unusual way. Uh, he went right to the back of the pack in the beginning. Yeah. And then he worked his way up, and then he was leading that chase pack eventually, like, halfway through the race. So he was a very conservative approach. I have a feeling that was on purpose because, you know, his body was really planning on peaking for November and kind of going through, like, training of miles in the summer. <laughs> So I mm-hmm. think maybe Coach was realizing like, hey, we don't need to go crazy. Yes, maybe ideally we want that 28 flat, but like, hey, man, like it's going to be hard. You're not peaking for this race. Like he wasn't building up for a 10K in in August, which is what you guys talked about in the pod last week. How it's kind of wild mm-hmm. for someone like him to have your summer training lead up into something like this. Uh but, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense, right? I just think he's not ready to go. He's coming off the injury, right? So he missed a bunch of time uh, earlier this year. Clearly, he's healthy now, right? If you're able to run twenty you're healthy. Um, I do think he'll be much improved by, like, November, right? If this is your baseline, if this is the fitness you're in going into cross-country season, you would think coming out of cross-country season, he would be a sub-28 yes.
0: guy. Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think uh, a little bit just strategic changes, maybe he goes out a little bit more aggressively. I'm sure you know to him it felt fast at the beginning simply because he's probably used to you know the either the Stanford invite or Peyton and it goes out a little bit more conservatively, but they were they were getting after it early on it, it, you know, who knows he, if he could have made any changes, he did actually have some quite a few laps in the middle the pace dawdled for him where you would have thought ooh maybe if he was up with you know if there would have been more a secondary pack between Cesarek and Machezzo, not all the way back in between that and the the pack that included Blankenship and Flanagan um, maybe he could have made the difference because if you look at Mance he had uh He had a a number of 68s and then even a 70 thrown in there that maybe, you know, that cost him and some 69s as well. He was still able to close in sub-60, though. So there's more more there to give. He was ready. Um, There should be no problem hitting the trial standard. It's just too bad this year we're not going to see him, at least in a traditional sense in cross-country, because... um, Gosh, he. To, to, there's not many guys that can run close to 28 flat in August before across. Well, you know what should have been a cross country season. Um, but yeah, a little curious of a race for him. He he took this very cautiously, which I'm sure was the advice of Ed Iystone. That's not necessarily what we're used to seeing from Mance. I know he's learned to rein it back a little bit since 2018, where he was just busting it up from the front. But still, I think if he had his druthers, he would have been a little bit more aggressive in this one. And maybe it cost him an Olympic trials standard. Uh, Who knows? But he's ready to run faster. I mean, yeah,
1: you look at the the final lap. He outkicked Ben Blankenship. I know Ben Blankenship, obviously 10K is not his foray. But he was Mm -hmm. right behind Blankenship at the bell and then passed him in the final lap. Those, that group all had really good kicks. So, like mm-hmm. Ben Flanagan closed in 58.99. Yeah, Mance was, was 59.39. Ben Blankenship was 60.1. And then Frank Laura was 62.8. So, Blankenship, Mance, and Flanagan definitely, and Cesarek for that matter, all had mm-hmm. really, I mean, they all closed in 60 seconds, which is pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, and I I have no idea why Ben Blankenship was in this other than maybe to get in a workout, but not a bad ten k runner for a, for a fifteen hundred guy, not not bad at all. I mean, I got a feeling he's the best ten thousand meter runner of of or the yeah the best ten thousand meter runner of uh, of milers in the U S right now. Do you think do you think Centro could beat him in a ten thousand? Do you think Craig Ingalls could beat him in a ten k? Well, what I would do is I would cheat and say Lopez Lamong is a miler. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he would crush. He would crush Bindling. That would be definitely <laughs> cheating. Uh, nice race from him. Uh, just indicates he's in he's in good shape. That is uh, not an easy thing to do uh, to to run close to twenty eight flat when you're a fifteen hundred guy. And no fifteen hundred runner typically would ever try to run unless you're like well past your prime and you're moving up in distance, which is not the case for him. Like you're a Bernard Lagat and trying a new distance to st- to stay relevant, like. You just wouldn't see this. Like, it's hard enough to get those guys to do five thousand, let alone a 10K. So props to him for giving this a shot. Uh, Frank Laura, Laura, like you mentioned, a, a firm, former Furman runner. Like, 2810 is a pretty good mark for him as well. There were a lot of, like, really impressive, I thought, times. I mean, yeah, no one, like, had, like, a day that we're going to be talking about for weeks and weeks and weeks. But so many guys running close to 28 minutes. Pretty positive, pretty positive result. Move, uh Moving on to the other side of the country, there
1: was another meet going on in South Carolina uh, where notably there was a fast mile that went down. Ollie Hoare of On Athletics Club runs 353 yes. basically solo. He wins the whole race by like five seconds. Our favorite runner in the NCAA, Athanas Kioko of Campbell runs 358. Good PB for him. Yeah. Alex Rogers and Eric Jenkins kind of run, run 359 right there in the middle of the pack. But then notably that 16-year-old, uh, Reinhardt Harrison, he runs 4.02, uh, fresh off his 4.01 from a week or two ago. He's 16 years old. He runs 4.02 and 4.01 within a month of each other. That's pretty impressive.
0: Yes. Yes. He uh, He's obviously someone to watch. And the advantage, I guess, of – I don't know if they're running cross-country in Florida this year or not. You never really know what exactly is going on. But for – for him getting to run this late of a track season. I mean, it's pretty obvious if he stays healthy, he's gonna be breaking four minutes as a, as a high school junior. And correct me if I, have we ever had a high school junior break four? Was it, did did uh, did Jim Ryan break? I feel like he broke four as a high school junior. I could be wrong there, but it's rare. It's usually outgoing seniors exclusively that are breaking four minutes and for him to run 401 and 402 he's going to do it if not late this summer if he can find another race then definitely this upcoming spring if you know assuming everything goes back to normal and that there's there's a normal type of a track season so wow what a what a guy i mean i never heard of him which is not you know that's not an embarrassing fact considering he's 16 which means he was born in like 2003 or 2004 that's absurd uh this guy is... He's half your crazy. age. And he's... Right. Yeah, nice. And his name is Reinhardt, which, like... I don't know if... I, if this guy becomes an elite talent... I mean, Reinhardt? That's going to be tough to get used to. Like, I, I never thought I'd have to, like... Deal with, like, a great, great talented miler. His name's Reinhardt. That sounds more like a thrower's name, if I'm being honest. But props to him for... for really carrying that name far... I would have to say because I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. It's just, it's 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 a new one. I've never heard that name before.
1: Well, here's the question: Is his name Reinhardt Harrison or Harrison Reinhardt? We should I know think this. It's
0: Reinhardt. It's definitely Reinhardt Harrison. I I I mean I don't. Let's let's check let's check Twitter just to just to find out. But I'm pretty sure. Um. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it's Reinhardt. Okay. I wonder
1: how many times, uh, like, when he, like, puts his name on a piece of paper where people think, like, oh, he put his first name last. His last." Because Harrison, like, Harrison Reinhardt kind of makes sounds more like a person's name than Reinhardt Harrison. It does. He's like yeah. a palindrome of a name, right? You can go both ways. It's like that movie Tenet coming out. This pod wow. is sponsored by Tenet, the great uh, Christopher Nolan film coming out later this month I'm just kidding. Good we're for you. Sponsored. But if you want to sponsor it's definitely us, definitely not sponsored. If you it's want to sponsor us, email us uh cool. and sure. we're just going to split the sponsorship money three ways between me, you, and Kevin and give none of it to flow. That's how we that's how
0: we'll do it. Perfect. I do that anyways. Um <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, quite impressive. I got to tell you, Gordon, I I've got an air conditioner being plugged into my house, getting a new one, new system to uh finally be able to endure this uh, this Austin, Texas summer. Um, so I, got, I think I got to call this one this one good today. We're about to hit the forty minute mark. Uh, I think we covered I think we covered close to it all.
1: Yeah, and for those listening, uh, we'll we'll hit the women's rankings probably tomorrow. We kept on pushing those off. We wanted to kind of recap the weekend. And if you notice, there's no video. We'll have no video all week. Sorry about that. Uh, our producer is on a different mission this week, so it's just gonna be audio only for the yep. week. But you'll be able to see lincoln's 30 year old face next week there you go so no worries there, you there. Go.
0: people will have to they'll have to wait to see how 30 years has has changed my appearance <laughs> um we'll keep them on their toes for that all right for myself lincoln Strike. he is gordon mack it's the flow track podcast email us at flow at gmail.com and we will see you tomorrow